Hey, ladies, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Hawkeye Pierce. Pleased to meet you, Captain. Oh, you're French. I've been wearing your cuffs for years. There's nothing like the way a French accent fits into an American ear. A lot of people around here find him irresistible, including himself. Hey, MASH fans. Welcome back to another episode of the MASH 4077th Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always, my good pal, Simon. Ah, gentlemen. Today we're discussing Season 11, Episode 3, Foreign Affairs. It's the 243rd episode overall, directed by Charles S. Dubin, written by David Pollock and Elias Davis. It originally aired on November 8th, 1982, and the production code is 1G22. Congratulations, Chong Hua. How's it feel to be America's newest war hero? You read me, son. He doesn't understand loud English either. But we have a farmer up the road who translates for us a lot. Negative, Colonel. I've already sent to HQ for an official interpreter. Now, we can't trust such a highly sensitive diplomatic matter to some ox cart driver. What's up, Colonel? Major Reddish is here to award Lieutenant... Uh, if you don't mind, Colonel, I'd like to tell it. Chong Hua here has just won himself a $100,000 reward. A hundred G, son. A $100,000 for what? On April 27th, General Mark Clark... Head of United States Forces, Far East, offered $50,000 American to any and all enemy pilots landing a Soviet-built jet in good condition in friendly territory. Plus an additional 50 big ones to the one who's first. I think I signed up on the wrong side. And he also gets a free trip to the States, plus American citizenship. Where things are going, pretty soon there'll be a prize in every hand grenade. Major Reddish is General Clark's Assistant Chief of Public Information. Uh, Colonel, please. <laughs> Let me get a word in. Have it. I can't take credit for coming up with this idea. General Clark himself figured that the war needed a, a shot in the propaganda. You know, it's been getting harder and harder to sell this war to the folks back home. Well, that's what happens when you spend everything on weapons and nothing on advertising. Right. Now, we figured just what we needed was a couple of good turncoats to get the public behind us again. Thanks to Lieutenant Chang Wah here. We got it. Thank God. And the plot summary for this episode, Charles falls in love with a French Red Cross woman but realises that their lifestyles are not compatible. Hawkeye and BJ are helping with an army PR stunt in their own way. Hi, ladies. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Hawkeye Pierce. Pleased to meet you, Captain. Oh, you're French. I've been wearing your cuffs for years. Oh, Pierce. There's nothing like the way a French accent fits into an American ear. It's ladies' night. Well, I know when I'm not wanted. What does it take for you to get the message? Well, it looks like you have the crucial vote. Oh, je regrette, mon ami, but uh, after all, we are talking. Please excuse us. Oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. But if you're going to change your mind, you better hurry. Offer expires midnight Saturday. Miss uh, <laughs> is a doctor? Mm. A lot of people around here find him irresistible, including himself. <laughs> <laughs> he acts very much a little boy, doesn't he? Oh, believe me. <clears throat> He's not acting. You know what's wrong with this war? Yeah, the French aren't on my side. Not enough heroes, but Chang Wah's gonna take care of that. $100,000 plus transportation. Charles, did you realize that for only a few thousand dollars, your father could sponsor a Korean deserter? Yeah, yeah. If uh, you gentlemen will excuse me. You're wasting your time, Charles. Take it from someone who's met the French resistance. Uh, yeah. 
All right, for our guest stars, I think Meds has our first guest star here. I do, yeah. So Jeffrey Tambor plays Major Reddish, not Radish, as I initially was going to say, but Reddish. Jeffrey is an American actor and comedian. He's known for his television roles such as Hank Kingsley on The Larry Sanders Show, George Bluth Sr. and Oscar Bluth on Arrested Development, and Maula Fifeman on Transparent. Very well done. I would not have been able to say any of that. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Melinda Mullins, who played Martine Leclerc. Uh, Mullins may be best known for her role as former Broadway leading lady Hilary Booth in Rupert Holmes' Remember When. Mullins, who also writes screenplays and short stories, has been married to actor-author Joshua Bryant, who appeared as Jack Scully. Oh, I like Scully on MASH. (laughs) Since uh, 2005, the couple currently reside in France. How apt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So Soon Tech O plays Jun Sung. Now he has starred in many films and also acted in television series including Stargate SG-1, MacGyver, Charlie's Angels, Airwolf, Magnum P.I., Hawaii Five-O, Kung Fu, Zorro, Barbar Black Sheep, we don't get that anymore, and uh, Touched (laughs) by an Angel. So a a nice route there. Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. All right, we have Brian Chung, who played Lieutenant Chung Wa Park. Uh, some of his notable roles include appearances in television, such as uh, Temperatures Rising, The Streets of San Francisco, The Fantastic Journey, four episodes of Baba Black Sheep is back again, The mm. Rockford Files, Salvage One, seven episodes of MASH, Hunter, Gabriel's Fire, The Agency, the West Wing, Alias, and four episodes of Lost. He's done a, quite a bit. He has, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Pat Romano plays a French soldier. Now, Pat's an actor and a stuntman. He has a superbly impressive 528 credits to his stunt IMDb page. That's crazy. <laughs> that's mad, isn't it? That is, yeah. I mean, that yeah, that's a lot. And I bet I bet all those were in the fall guy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And then rounding out our guests, we have Buddy Farmer, who played MP. I love the name Buddy. That's great. He may have a name that hints at the porn industry, but Buddy <laughs> has 23 credits to his IMDb page, and his last role was in the television series Profiler in 1997. Now, I do have a, a slight um, confession to make there, is that I swapped... Uh, our names right there so that I made you read that one out. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, I knew something was off here. <laughs> well, you get you get more embarrassed than what I do. So. Oh God. Okay. Thank you. I should reread the pre-read these before I re- record. So. <laughs> yeah. I hope she's not mad with me, Major Hooligan. <laughs> it's Hooligan, how could anyone be angry with you? Major. Please, uh, call me Charles. Papa Charles, let me tell you of one experience that was even more memorable for me. Yes? Mm-hmm. It was soon after the war, and Paris was once again a city of light. Some friends and I decided to treat the occasion with the grandeur it deserved. We got dressed as elegantly as we were able, and we hired a carriage to take us to the concert. <laughs> and this tribute was inspired by who? Uh, Toscanini. Uh, Heifetz. No, Spike Jones. Spike Jones? Bashar, Spike, he makes me laugh. He's fun. Surely there must be some silliness that makes you laugh. No. No. 
Are you familiar with Tom and Jerry? The cat and mouse in the cartoon. Yeah. It just, <laughs> it just kills me when Tom runs right off the kitchen table but doesn't fall. So he just hangs there in midair, his little feet going furiously. And then he looks down and suddenly... <laughs> Don't you dare tell a soul. <laughs> Good heavens, we have talked all night. I'm due in post-op in half an hour. Oh, monsieur, where did the time go? You'll be so tired. Oh, no, quite the contrary. I feel quite refreshed. Let's go ahead and discuss this episode. Why don't you start us off, Meds? Okay, right then. Um, I initially gave this a 7.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to drop it to 6, right? Wow, okay. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Now, this is incredibly um, rare for me to do that, right? Especially such low. And it's not because of the quality of the acting. It's not because of the quality even of the story or anything like that. I just... It just irritates me something wild. And it irritates me because of personal feelings, not because of the quality of the TV show. So I'm going to say give two points. Seven and a half for the actual episode. Mm-hmm. Six for my own opinion. Uh, the reasons are this. One, it's got the fast theme tune, which I despise. Um, I understand that because it's, you know, it, there's more of this program going on. I think yeah. the story is really nice, but what, I, uh, what annoys me is Charles. It's, it's so funny because... Really, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just I thought you would really like that part. That's why I even gave this episode to you to talk mm. first. Because I'm like, okay. oh yeah, it's a Charles episode. Yeah. Meds will like it. <laughs> I think the thing is, is it goes against his character to a certain degree because mm. he, in past episodes, has I do believe spent a night out uh, at uh, Rosie's bar, and mm-hmm. also was slightly infatuated with a woman before. Nothing like that is mentioned here. The only reason why he doesn't carry on with his relationship. Um, we, we've uh, the woman with Martine is because the fact that she has a very stereotypical, I should point out, um, French lifestyle. You know, she posed news for a painting and and all this kind of stuff. And it's the way that he suddenly goes off, and you automatically think it's not. He's blaming his family on the, this fact, but I think it's the fact that he can't handle the fact that maybe she'd pose nude. With all due respect, you know, the the, the chances are, even in the nineteen fifties. If you met somebody older in life, that woman would have been naked in front of somebody or that man would have been naked in front of somebody anyway. Um, so that just just really does annoy me. The mm. other part is um, the, the B story, in, effort, in essence, as well. We, we've had it before. We've seen it again. And again, I know we do say that. Sometimes you can't help this when you've had a program that currently you know, is 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's nice that it's a PR campaign. I don't understand it as a PR you know, campaign being $100,000. is a ridiculous amount of money in, in, in today's day and age, yeah. let alone then. Um, yeah. you know, and it, the whole thing doesn't, it just does not work at all the whole thing doesn't work i do i will give it this i do like the fact that charles admits that he likes tom and jerry but he explains tom and jerry <laughs> as if martine is like a three-year-old do you know do you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it's it's just it just really is annoying you know um so sorry but that's the way i feel about this one <laughs> hey they can't all be winners this one is particularly bad i think this one is upsetting you more because it is a Charles centric episode and it didn't mm. it really didn't live up to who Charles is no especially Charles who has been here for a while now do you know yeah. what I mean 
Yeah, I guess I I just have an easier time just kind of I don't know about forgetting that or just because mm. you know I I gave it an eight eight out of ten. I okay, really yeah. I really enjoyed it because I love the fact that it was a a Charles centric episode and and I can see him being being snooty you know and his and worried about what his family thinks of the woman that he brings home because he is that kind of person. I mean, you can change and you can you can bend here and there, but he's still going to he's still at the core of who he is, he's still a pompous, rich, high society man. Mm, but you've so, had you you had that episode though. No, you're a right. A few episodes yeah, ago, yes. where where he talks to Hawkeye in that that wonderful you're episode right. where he says about Hawkeye having a he had a father, yet Hawkeye had a dad. So he yep. understands how the faults of his own family, and he should be strong enough to be able to. You're right. You know, do you, do you mean? You're right. It, yeah, because I mean, Hawkeye does the same thing where he feels like he grows, and all of a sudden, the next episode, you're like, "Oh my God, it's back to the old Hawkeye." Hawkeye <laughs> yeah. Come on, yeah. you know these people. They learn, and Charles has done the same thing. And you're right; it's just a writing tool. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. because it's not a serial, you know, it's not an ongoing. I mean, it is an ongoing series, but it's also episode specific. Yes. That, yeah. And plus, course. episodes are shot and aired out of order, so you get this great moment that Hawkeye has a real like it, later in our conversation uh, for a future episode. There's this great conversation that Hawkeye has, and this realization of Hawkeye, and I mm. think he keeps it because there's only a few more episodes left. But if this episode was in season three, he would have changed so many times, you know, and totally mm. forgot that whole lesson learned. So I just I try to take the episode for what it was, and you're right. I mean, I totally I don't disagree with anything you said about yeah what happened. He should you know he's grown so much, you know, mm. from this pompous arrogant uh doctor to this really he is a very giving loving man he just was raised a certain way but he's realizing it i think the thing is well i mean you you know you're i totally agree with you and i think it's the reason why i i I have to give it two different scores because i'm fully aware that i am critiquing Mm -hmm. it from a point of view of us watching these episodes in the big long run and then recording about them Mm -hmm. it's just it's just that you, you for me you the structure of MASH as a program especially now is so well done you've got a core writers you've got the producers and you've got Alan, Alan Alder you know that they, they know the stories inside out they know the characters inside out and to, to do this is I just find it slightly unacceptable at this mm. point of time I mean this happens again in our next episode I will I will point out but uh, <laughs> no it doesn't bother me as much as this one does yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, see, this one, what bothered me more about this is that Charles fell in love in, like, a day. Like, hardcore mass, I mean, mm. I love, I understand love at first sight, but, and, you know, and things are extreme there because there's a war going on. But, mm. I mean, he was with her for a day. Do you think it's that, or do you think it's kind of like, because sometimes on, on these episodes, you know, you, you, we're looking at it as 20 minutes, 22 mm-hmm. minutes an episode. Yes. Sometimes I think they they do it and you're, auto, you're automatically supposed to assume that a few days have gone by. Do you think that's the case in this or do you really you know, think it is in the same kind of I thought of that too, but they mm. really didn't establish any kind of time. Normally there's like a little bit of an establishment that time had passed. But I mean, she, you know, she was a Red Cross worker there. She was only going to be there for they're not they're never there for long periods of time, I assume. So they slept on the first day as well then. That's what it feels like. But I, I could be wrong. It could be a week, you know, of two mm. weeks. But it just to me it felt very short. And I'm like, to be that head over heels in love so quickly, I mean it's not impossible. I know people have done that mm. and it happens. But nah, well. <laughs> you know, when when it's right, it's right. 
and yeah, but it also was very. I don't know. It was just yeah. See, I that mean that that makes it even worse. See, that means yes. that makes it even worse for me now because the way I'm, if, if gentleman, if, if Charles is meant to be this gentleman, this comes from this yes. family of hoi polloi. Yeah. Well, he's he's just he's just he's just knocked off a woman on the first night as if he was a sailor in a port. Yeah. 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 No, I totally get it. Yeah, like I'm saying, it's very, uh, it's it's a hard episode. I mean, I drop your I, score, sir. Drop your <laughs> score. <laughs> I still the acting was amazing. The yeah, the yeah. end scene when she's asking him, please tell me why and he's sitting there and he's explaining himself, but he's also rubbing her hand. Those oh, that's beautiful. Moments, that that is beautiful. Yeah, those yeah. little moments and you're just like, It's so amazing that they have you could feel the connection between them. I don't mm. care how long it's been. He truly did love her and she really felt for him. And it's you know, and she was talking about her past and how, you know, she never thought she'd love again and and that was nice. And, I lo- and you mentioned the Tom and Jerry. That was so cute. And mm. you get a little bit more into Charles's mind. You know, never in a million years did I think he'd love Tom and Jerry. So that, <laughs> that I just, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to keep it the same just because I like all the little, the little subtle moments with Charles. I can't remember what the, oh, the North Korean. That, I like that story too. That was, mm. it's so stupid. And it's not like something the U.S. government would do, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, it was realistic to me, but it's such a stupid idea. And I love how BJ and Hawkeye came up with an alternative to get the, yeah. the South Korean guy who wants to be an American and wants to do this and speaks English and would be great for PR. Why not get him, you know? And the fact that the character, Jeffrey Tambone's character was like, oh, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, oh, my God, you're an idiot. Yeah. And finally he realized, oh, wait, no, this is a good thing. And it was – I just – I love the actor um, who played him. Mm, yeah, I must admit I've enjoyed his, his stuff yeah. later on in life. Is that yeah. Soon, Soon, Soon Tech? Yeah, Soon yes. Tech. Yes. Oh. Yeah. He was – he's so joyful. And I remember when he played a doctor. <laughs> he's played many characters in the in the series. But yeah, I just – I liked – I just – in. Loved his enthusiasm. It was a nice way to end the episode. And even like the prisoner of war, the POW, mm. um, when he was in a suit, you know, at the end, he's all looking snazzy. Yeah, because a, a, a prisoner of war would be really happy to have a I suit know. on. That's made by Americans, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what this feels like. This feels like a Trapper John episode. Oh yeah, it really feels like a Trapper John episode. The whole thing with the POW, but also from a PR point of view, mm-hmm. uh, just be a slightly devil's advocate here. Do you not think that if the whole thing of promoting war and promoting propaganda, it would be better to have had an American, you know, we call our, our soldiers Tommies over here, right? The average Tommies, yeah, your average bloke, right? Mm-hmm. So you get your average GI, your average American kid, and, you know, they're trying to recruit people in the army. Surely it would have been better to have had this American kid gets his plane and, you know, then parachutes out and saves it and nearly is, you know, with the, the stars and stripes and all this and he gets $100,000 that he can take home and have apple pie, PR speaking, as opposed to, a, you know, a total... No, <laughs> I agree. Thing, I you know totally I mean? agree with you. But this, this you know, later on in our uh, podcast, we'll explain how they actually, they actually did this. It's a thing. Mm. So you know, it was it was hard to get one of these planes. So they really oh, did. Okay. They really did put it out there, hoping that somebody would, you know, would bring a plane to them. Is this so, in a fun fact? Is this in a fun it fact? It is a fun of? fact that you're spoiling. I'm glad I. I'm glad I too didn't read the script. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you get to read later. 
Oh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode for, like I said, for all the little Charles moments. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the B story. It was cute, a B story. It was a nice B story. Ridiculous, but unfortunately true. <laughs> and I, I, but I totally get your, your number. It makes sense. Mm. You know, I, I, when you were start talking about it, I'm like, well, why did I give it such a high number? But I really did. It, <laughs> it really was. There were some really great, very mm. tender, very sweet Charles moments until the end. Until the end, yeah. Until he said, oh, I can't do this because my family. But then again, I understood that as well. Mm. You know, well, even though it well, does well, contradict some of, his, some of his growth over the seasons. Exactly. What, what did you give it? I gave it an eight. Okay, well, IMDb have given it a rating of 7.4. Oh, so, okay. close Closer to mine. To you. Yeah. So yep. there we go. You're wrong. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept that. I'll accept that. All right. Do you know, I was once in a painting very much like this. You were, really? Mm-hmm. I had a friend, Philippe. He was an artist. One day we went to the countryside near Honfleur, and I posed for a painting which he called uh, Beauté pure à un pique-nique. Uh, what, does that, what does that mean? Nude at the picnic. You opposed nude? <laughs> Wonderfully French of you. I had a wonderful time with that painting. Philippe, he owed quite a bit of money at a bistro on the Boulevard Saint-Michel. To pay it back, he gave them the painting. I used to enjoy eating at the table underneath the painting. And, and I would watch the people look from the painting to me. And then back again. <laughs> uh, didn't your husband mind your posing nude? Or, or was this before you were married? I was never married. <laughs> and even if uh, Robert was my husband, he would not mind. You weren't married. Uh, I understood you to say that you shared an apartment. Yes, but I don't want to talk about Robert. It still makes me sad. And this is a time for happiness. huh? When the war is finished, I would like to come to your country. It would be so nice to meet your family, your sister, your father and mother. All right, let's move on to some behind the scenes. I think I have the first one here. Uh, this is the final appearance of both Soon Tech O oh and Brian Chung, who have previously appeared in five and seven episodes, respectively. Both actors played a different character in each of their appearances. Hmm. Now, the $100,000 in reward money offered to the North Korean uh, is equivalent to almost a million dollars, a little over $991,500 as in 2020. Yeah, like you said, you said it's a lot of money then, it's a a lot lot of money money now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now we have some timey-wimey stuff. Potter says he met a woman, Daniela, in World War I. She was 20 and older than him, which would make him a teenager in World War I. But in episode Pressure Points, he says he is 62. The year was 1952, so his birth year would be 1890, making him at least 27 in April of 1917 when the U.S. started fighting in World War One. Mm, maybe, maybe he means that she was 20 years older than him. Maybe. I thought, I, I thought, I thought it, was, it was a joke saying, oh, you know, she was 20, uh, an Whoa. older woman, meaning he was a – but yeah. That's possible. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I, I could imagine being a, a 20-year-old lad and having a, a, a French lady being 20 years older than me <laughs> would be heaven on earth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, those innocent days, those innocent days. Uh, um, we have a, a continuity issue here. Now, when Hawkeye and Father Mulcahy are talking in the mess tent, Hawkeye puts his cup down and picks up his fork again and starts eating. But in the next scene, he's drinking from his cup. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love this. Oh, we got one more continuity issue here. When Martine tells Winchester about Spike Jones, his left hand is raised to his cheek when then seen from in front, but below his chin when he's seen from behind. So. Ooh. Well, oh well. There you go. He's a big, <laughs> he's a big fellow. He's old David Ogden style. So, you know, you know that. well, hello, little lady. Say, did you ever find yourself in the town of Soissons? Uh, yes. Why'd you ask? Oh, you remind me of an old friend from there. How oh, nice. Well, sit down. Uh, I guess you finished your chores all right, huh? I was not working. I was waiting for a friend who was supposed to come visit. I'm very sorry, uh, Martin. I'm not feeling very well. I thought I'd stop in for a drink before I go to bed. Might help me sleep. Oh, that's too bad. Well, it's nothing very serious. Colonel Potter's been very nice company. Don't excuse me, please. Oh, Charles, leaving so soon and so alone. Shut up. Uh, if you boys don't have a better offer, uh, why don't you come and join us? Thank you, Colonel. Do you mind if we sit in? Please excuse me. Oh, if we're intruding, we... No, no, I would just like to have a drink. Well, stay put. I can get curb service. No, thank you. Okay, beats me. Uh, I've got a fun fact which uh, you guys might want to uh, get a pillow for this one because this <laughs> is uh, <laughs> this is huge. Um, so let's see if I can do this in one take. Hey, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you can do okay, it. Okay, here we go. Fun fact. The prize money of $100,000 to defecting communist pilots who delivered a functioning MiG fighter was a real operation called Operation Moolah, as the MiGs were outflying anything owned by the UN at that time. However, the actual outcome was not as depicted in the episode. The operation was largely a failure, and only one plane was ever recovered after landing at Kimpo Air Base, several months after the armistice had been signed, not during the war. It was never condoned by President Eisenhower, and being sent to the USA was not totally accurate. The real offer was to be resettled in a non-communist country. It's true that the pilot was unaware of the monetary offer, but stated under questioning that the offer would be ineffective as most communist pilots simply wouldn't have trusted it. The pilot was never sent to a POW camp as seen in the episode. He was arrested questioned, debriefed, and was provided the prize money, then settled in the US. The captured MiG was tested for about two weeks, and it was discovered that it was a good fighter, but had many faults, and its success was largely due to decent piloting, not better technology. The plane was offered back to North Korea, but after they didn't reply, it was further tested until it was put on display in a museum. Ta-da, there you go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One take, everybody. No editing there. Woo. <laughs> yes. How are you feeling? Fine. Oh, better. Thank you. Charles, have you a moment to speak? Could it wait? No. I must leave tomorrow. And I would like to know what has happened between us. Nothing's happened. 
Please don't treat me like a child. I can see that you are different since the picnic. Then we were talking about the future and all the wonderful times we would have together. And now, all of a sudden, you are very much distant. There's no sense getting into this. What makes no sense is to finish the kind of relationship we had without knowing why. Atine, we are simply not compatible. When we were alone last night, we were not compatible? Yes, but uh, this isn't Boston. I don't understand. Martine, my family is very conventional. They could never understand the life you've lived, your bohemian way. Couldn't accept it. What matters is, can you accept it? No. Sorry, but no. There's nothing I can do, Eric. I can't change who I am. Charles, you make me very sad. But I am not nearly so sad for me as I am for you. Me? You know, I told you earlier that I was not attracted to your friend Hawkeye because he was too much a little boy. I can see now that you are not enough of one. Goodbye. All right, we got trivia time. Last episode's question. Who was the ROK officer who was a semi-regular during the first season of MASH? And the answer, Captain Sam Pack. This episode's trivia question. In a recent episode we reviewed, Klinger's goat ate the company payroll. How much money did it eat? Go ahead and send your answers to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. What the hell is this? Well, the uniform's a little big, but that can be taken in. You were. Pierce, where's my man? He's on his way to a POW camp. He's got no business there. Now, damn it, I want my North Korean. What's wrong with him? He is a South Korean. North, South, without a program, it's hard to tell. Look, this guy wants to go to the States. I have no family. I'm not a combat soldier, so the army won't miss me. You stay out of this. Jun Sung is the perfect hero. He speaks fluent English, loves hot dogs, knows American history better than we do, and besides, he's cute as the Dickens. You don't want some guy who's going to be sticking his tongue out at America. You want a happy turncoat. Listen, face it, Major. This man is going to be great PR. Just run him up the flagpole and watch them salute. I refuse to lie. And you call yourself a PR man. I'm a soldier first. I won't lie without orders. Well, if you're going to start throwing the truth around, you better hurry. Don't forget, you put the story on the wire last night. John Cameron Swayze is already hopscotching it around the world. Hoist by your own PR. How are we going to America, aren't we? Let's get this show on the road. You know, we might just blow this bio. Now you're talking your language. <laughs> so long, doctors. Good luck, jun -san. Don't drink the water over there. Thanks for everything! <laughs> I think he'll make a great hero. Yeah, as long as nobody asks him to fly a plane. <laughs> you can find MASH 4077 podcasts all over social media. We have a Twitter account. You can find the podcast at MASH 4077 podcast. You can find me, Kenny, at Geeky Fanboy. You can find Meds at Hawkeye Meds. We also have a Facebook fan group. You can join up by searching facebook.com slash mash4077podcast. Or just type in mash4077podcast in the search and our page will come up. 
If you have any questions or comments or you want to answer some of our trivia questions, you can send those emails to mash4077podcast at gmail.com. You can listen to MASH 4077 Podcasts all over the interwebs. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and now we're on Spotify. And if you want to see show notes or do a direct download or listen to the podcast online, you can go to our main website at mash4077podcast.com. If you are enjoying our podcast, consider making a donation. We have a Patreon account at patreon, patreon.com slash geekyfanboy. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I think this episode definitely had some highlight moments, especially Charles moments. But mm. unfortunately, it contradicted all the growth he had done over the seasons and left a little bitter taste in Med's mouth. Indeed. Like a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm Kenny. And I'm Simon. And we'll be seeing you. By now, June Sung's probably pulling ticker tape out of his hair. Yeah, pretty soon he'll be eating cheeseburgers, looking for a split level, and cheating on his income tax. I feel kind of sorry for Chong Wah. I know it's what he wants, but a POW camp isn't exactly a day at the beach. Well, maybe our going away gift will cheer him up a little. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant, the Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable. Or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. Hello, MASH fans. Now, as some of you know, myself and Kenny have our own individual podcasts, and my podcast is called Waffle On Podcast. And we waffle on about classic films and television programs from around the world. So if that's your cup of tea or martini, then why don't you follow us over on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or, of course, from Podbean. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com, and we would be honoured if you would join us. MASH 4077 Podcast is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0 United States license. All rights reserved.